Buffs Nation. All right, what's going on? Welcome back into the Buffs Nation podcast. Joining us uh, after a tough loss at home. You know, it was homecoming week, Arizona State. I thought we may be able to muster some magic. Not the case. Buffs lose 42-34 at home on uh, homecoming weekend. And we'll talk about that. Set the uh, stage for next weekend as the Buffs host Oregon. And uh, just talk about the program in general. Interesting time for the Buffs football team. I'm Tyler Walgy. He's Jared All to my left. What's going on, Jared? I feel good. You know, you you, you kind of come off a little bit of a negative energy on that uh, game. I, I felt some positives. <laughs> the offense got going. This is something we haven't seen this year. Okay, you know? that's so. true. The offense looked good. We'll talk about the game. I had the Buffs winning, though, so I thought it would, it would go a little different. Um, but in general, I mean, right now, the state of college football, right? Colorado, a few weeks ago, fires uh, Carl Durrell. Uh, other prominent colleges around the country, Wisconsin, Fires uh, Paul Christ uh, just this last weekend. Auburn firing Brian Harson, which is a name we 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 kind of put on our watch it list. Is, so I was kind of never happy to see a coach get fired, but right. for but, the buff's sake, but uh, the seat, wouldn't mind him being out there. The seats are opening up, sure. and this is the time of the year where it's really weird. Teams who are down are starting to look around. Teams in the middle trying to get to a bowl game. Teams at the top trying to win. So it's a fun time of the year. Unfortunately. We don't get to take part in a lot of that fun, right? The Buffs are right now 1-7. and seven. Officially eliminated from bowl season. Exactly. Out of the bowl picture, 42-34 loss at home to Arizona State. Let's just start off there because I predicted a win. I thought the Buffs would, I thought the Buffs would come out and look a little better than they did. I mean, JT Shrout didn't get off to a great start. He ended the game 13-34, two touchdowns, one pick. And this team in general, I mean, it was 14-3 at the end of the first quarter, and that's the one thing we talked about last week, getting off to a fast start, or at least a a, a normal start, (laughs) right? Not falling behind like we have in the past. So, I mean, look, even though you look at the game and see you won the entire game after the first quarter, that was a tough way to start the game and not the way you wanted to start given the past, uh, given the season up to this point. Yeah, and it just just felt like the Buffs couldn't quite make that back up after getting behind, you know, so it was it was 14 to 3, then they they bring it back 14-10, then all of a sudden it's 21-10, you know, and then you get all the way to 35-17 and then the Buffs do make that push late, but it's it you just got behind the eight ball even with the offense being much more well, productive than we've seen at all this season. It just wasn't enough for the Buffs to get the win. And that was it, getting behind the eight ball, slowing down. It's like the Buffs need something to build on. You know, there has to be that spark, that that cause of, you know, uh, let, let's all get behind this. Let's get excited. You can't get down 14-3 early and be like, hey, now let's Especially rally. Especially as a team that is probably best off running the ball to exactly, be successful. Exactly. And so that's my point. It all comes together. It didn't work for the game plan. didn't work for what CU wanted. And obviously, Arizona State, I think there's a lot that wasn't said about them early in the season with uh, Herm Edwards. You know, Herm got run out of there in an ugly fashion. Did you hear about the story about people betting in Vegas against Arizona State from the school? No. So there was a story that came out from Las Vegas, and apparently (laughs) uh, there was someone who's uh, unidentified right now, and they were placing bets against Arizona State. This was weeks like two, three, and four. And one of the weeks, I think it was the second week they came in, 
this individual who was betting tens of thousands of dollars was wearing an Arizona State shirt. And so the bookie found it interesting, reported it. Now there's a whole investigation. What they think, someone with internal information of the program knew that they didn't like Herm Edwards. And I don't know if you heard about this story. This is public info. They gave information to other teams. Wow. So Arizona State staff leaked their game plan to opponents, and that's when they went on their losing streak. So let's kind of avoid that, even though it's a huge thing. You can look it up if you want at home. It's, it's all public, at least that part. But what I wonder is, you know, if that was going on, how good is this team? Sure. And they were just kind of tanking. Look, while, while, while Herm Edwards was there, there was two or three years in a row where he was bringing in really good recruiting classes. Right. Now, there were some sanctions that have come down since, maybe some sketchy things that were going on to bring those guys there, but but the point remains, there's a lot of talent on this Arizona State well, that's roster. that's my point. With all that, with all the weird stuff going on, whether it's the person placing bets or the information being leaked, they didn't like Herm and they weren't playing at their, at their level. So, maybe Colorado got dealt a team that was a lot better than their record showed, the national perspective was, even though CU did cover the spread. It was plus 13 and yeah. a half. They lost by nine, so they technically exceeded expectation in that form. But I wanted to bring that up. Arizona State, a very, very interesting team, just historically, you know, based on stats. In, in, and, in years past, 10, 15 years ago, there was a, a similar scandal with the basketball team. So I, right. I, I recently watched a documentary on that. So wouldn't be the first time for Arizona <laughs> State. Uh, before we move on, I want to talk about the atmosphere. You know, it was not packed, but it was a really good showing for where the buffs are. They were 1-6, playing Arizona State, night game, late game. I know it was homecoming, but... Uh, I was impressed. You know, it was a pretty, pretty full, uh, pretty loud until it got out of control. But I like to see the turnout. Yeah, and I, honestly, I on social media, I see a lot of criticism at the ends of games. On oh, it's an empty stadium. It's like, what do you expect? I mean, yes, this team did make a late push, but I mean, I'm to your point, I am stoked to see the turnout from not only families and and fans out there obviously homecoming is typically a big time where you see a lot of families show up but the student section week in and week out is full early in the game now don't get me wrong second half it's looking pretty empty but again what do you expect when a team is consistently losing by double digits you're not gonna stick around it's saturday night you're gonna go out to a party i will say this though see you fought like this whole game, they yes. stayed in it. They fought. No I think that's how been a message. Yeah, that's been a message ever since Carl Durrell left. Is is wanting a, to see a team that fights to the end, and they absolutely did. They they had their opportunities late in the game to actually make this a game and potentially win this game. Didn't quite pull it off, but but really happy to see a team that never gave up all the way to the end. And I'm going to be interested to hear producer Ryan, who uh, producer Ryan is out this week. He'll be back with us next week, probably via Zoom. Uh, I want to see what he thought about this because he was there. He tasted the atmosphere, tasted what it was like, and I thought it was very, very good for a 1-6 team, as I said. Um, Let's talk about the idea that is it, and I was thinking about this during the game, is it talent or is it coaching or is it a combo? Because right now, CU is falling behind. They look like they're, you know, hanging in, just trying to stay in every possession, every drive. And we've talked about it before. I think this roster has been a little underrated. 
However, a lot of transfers, kind of an incomplete situation coming into the year. And now Mike Sanford takes over, and it's there. They're switching things up, and, and I don't think this team is polished right now. So for the 42-34 loss, was it the team? Was it, was it the play calling? Like, what did you think going away from that in terms of the, the, the I don't want to say blame, but at this point, kind of blame for what we saw. Yeah, I, I, I do point to coaching, to, to be honest, with, the, with a lot of it. I, I, just, I just think the offense that was instilled this offseason was just flat out not good enough, not creative enough, not right. explosive enough. When you see a guy like Jordan Tyson that has really come on as a true freshman, I don't have exactly in front of me, but I believe it was the first true freshman to have, go over 100 yards receiving and 100 yards in the return game in one game as a true freshman. That's the type of guy you, you, you start to build around. But as a true freshman, he's just finally kind of starting to come into his own. So it, it is a little bit of both, right? I, I think it's mostly coaching. But to me, it's this is a solid roster that has lacked that elite playmaking talent, at least to date. Maybe we're starting to see that come through in a guy in Jordan Tyson, but... I, I, it just hasn't been there. You haven't right. been able to hang your hat on a guy so far this year. I think it's a solid talent on the roster. It doesn't have that elite end talent. I mean, I probably agree with you there, but you know, you still have to put it on the 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 coaching staff a little bit, don't you think? Yes, I do, and that's I why mean, I say they, it's, they, it's, they've it's looked more the coaching way, staff. I'm running out, so you gotta you gotta make this a 30 second monologue. Okay. Uh, I think the coaching staff has looked really average these last this last week and a half look i i think when it when it comes down to it i mean that's exactly what it is it's it's a coaching staff that's not doing anything to make average players look above average and ultimately that's what it comes down to when you have a roster uh, uh, what the buffs have again they're they lack top end talent right now i don't think this is a poor talent roster i think it's an average talent roster you need a creative top-notch coaching staff to put you in that position to get guys open. You understand the skill sets of your players, whether it's your speed, your size, your physicality, maybe it's your offensive line. Look at the way that some of the, you know, whether whether it's the, 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 the Wisconsin's of the world or the Iowa's of the world that understand their bread and butter is with the offensive line and they know how to build behind that. I think that ultimately is what it comes down to. Mainly, this Buffs coaching staff is just okay. They're not doing anything to outcoach the people across from them. Now, that being said, if they had those elite top-end guys to really lean on, I think that makes it a lot easier for a coaching staff. So that's why I, I do say it goes both ways. I think it goes mostly on the coaching staff for being able to put guys in the right position to be successful on a consistent basis. But so it's on the coaching staff, but it makes it easier when you've got the players to do it. Is that is that essentially what you're saying here? Yeah, that's what we're getting at. You know, okay. and again, okay. it, it the buffs don't lack talent; they lack elite talent, right? And I'm sorry I just left you there for a while. Nice job. I ran okay. out of the room, ran into the room. You did a nice job. Made me feel like Tyler Walgy, you know, doing the <laughs> solo show. Hey, you did a you nice get, job. You get me about 30 seconds. I can't do your half hour shows. Yeah, no, yeah. no. I All can't right. Do so it. general thoughts though on the program right now. We're kind of up in limbo. There's not a whole lot to grasp onto. Only to get excited about next week. Uh, and next week we have Oregon. <laughs> That's a rough one. Yeah, Oregon coming in to see you. 
look, we're not going to spend a ton of time breaking this thing down, but right now, like, I'm gonna, I want to kind of go back to that. Where do you feel in terms of where Colorado is as a program? Like, where are you right now? Because as we said earlier in the show, Wisconsin just opened up. Uh, Auburn just opened up. A lot of schools with some yeah, with some cachet. Some, exactly. So, I mean, where are we right now? Uh, I, I I honestly am, am quite concerned in today's climate with the, the transfer portal, with everything. Uh, the Buffs just aren't exactly the most enticing place for these guys to go. Now, it's a beautiful campus. It, it's, it's a great school to go to, but... When you look at the the state of the program, the direction of the program, I think it's being uh, broadcast a little bit more the lack of drive and push from the top down within the CU organization. So unless changes are made uh, in the athletic department and and, and higher ups, I am concerned about the future of this bus program that they're going to be happy to be a middling program. And if that's where you're happy, you're going to lose a lot of guys to transfer portal. You're not going to entice those guys coming in. I am concerned on that end. I think getting a getting the right guy. I don't I don't know exactly what that guy is, but somebody I think that can can come in as the head coach and inspire these guys that get these guys to want to play hard for them. That's going to be key. I think who they hire as their head coach is a major major factor in the direction of this program in the next couple of years. All right. Uh, let's get on to Oregon at Colorado. Going to be this weekend 1:30. On Saturday, let's hope that we get some people showing up because it's going to be a tough game. This will be the real tell, right, for this this yeah. uh, student section, for the fans. Everyone's been doing a great job showing up this year, but number eight team in the country probably would be higher if they didn't get their doors blown off week one against Georgia. Georgia. They've looked really good since then. Will the fans continue to show up? It, it's tough. It's a tough sell for fans right I now. I mean, it's been a tough season altogether. We can agree on that. And this is a weird week because there's not that much news, not a whole lot of stuff, go, uh, stuff going on. But let's talk about this game, and it's not going to be the, the the breakdown because usually what we like to do in these breakdowns is how does CU's D-line match up and their secondary and their quarterback and their receivers. Oregon is the number eight team in the nation. <laughs> They're seven and one. Aside from that loss to Georgia, it should be open and shut this weekend. It should be how we see it going. Colorado currently 31 and a half point underdogs. Uh, Oregon on the season scoring 42.5 points per game to Colorado's 16. Total yards per game, Oregon 525, Colorado 295. Total yards allowed per game, Oregon 386, Colorado 483. Jared, do you see any scenario in which CU competes in this game, keeps it close within, let's say, uh, maybe two touchdowns? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I wanted to try to sell myself there, but I, I could see a scenario where the buffs come out fired up, maybe keep this close for a while, but not. It, it's not just how good Oregon is and, and that Colorado is not looking good this year. It's, yeah. it's, it's the matchup. Oregon is one of the best teams in the country running the ball. We know that's been a weakness for the buffs this year, um, you know. I, I, I truly think that we're, and this is actually something I've taken from you, Tyler, on, on some of your other shows that you do. I know for those out here listening that don't know, Tyler's his professional sports better. He has another show on the Woos Media Network called Sports Betting Daily. Something you've put out there, I know, on that show is that Oregon's kind of underrated right now because of that big loss that that's sticking in everyone's head. 
that's probably part of what's driving them right now where people, I mean, people are not really looking at them as a true playoff contender, but right. they are because outside of losing to possibly the best team in the country in Georgia, they've looked really good this year. So matchup-wise, it's tough. I, again, I could see the Buffs at home really coming out fired up, you know, given, given a great effort. Maybe it's close in the first quarter. Maybe it's close in the first half. But ultimately, I just think Oregon is too much, too much talent. Too much of a mismatch for the Buffs, and I ultimately see this being a blowout. Well, some names to pay attention to if you're looking to watch Oregon, what they do well. Obviously, Bo Nix, their quarterback. We all know about Bo Nix. Used to be the quarterback of Auburn. Oh, you don't know Bo. Transferred to uh, Oregon recently, and he does a lot for him. He's their third-leading rusher. He uh, is currently this year... Let's see, 73% completion, five interceptions to 20 touchdowns, and he has a 169.7 quarterback rating. In the backfield, a two-headed quarterback uh, 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 attack. You're going to get Bucky Irving, and uh, let's see, Bucky Irving is number zero, and you're going to get Noah Whittington, transfer from Ohio State, and uh, he's number 22. So, uh, oh, a transfer from Western Kentucky. What am I talking about? A little different. Just a just a hair. Western Kentucky, Ohio State, a little different, but he's good. Noah Whittington is good, and he's got yards this year. Noah Whittington, four seventy five on uh, seventy four carries. Bucky Irving, five eighty six on eighty nine. Both uh, running backs, exactly six point four yards per carry and two touchdowns each. You may say, wait a minute, their two leading running backs each have two touchdowns, but they have twenty three rushing touchdowns as a team. What's going on there? Bo Nix has he got? 11. 11? Okay, yeah. 11 himself. Bo Nix does a lot in the red zone for this team, and he is the uh, Swiss Army Knife in the red zone. Receiving, they pretty much have uh, two guys who do it all. Troy Franklin, Chase Coda. Don't call him Chase Coca-Cola. And uh, last couple weeks, Chris Hudson has been getting involved. So they spread it out well for Oregon. Their tight end, Terrence Ferguson. Uh, Bucky Irving, the running back who we talked about, they, he gets involved a lot in the, uh, in the backfield. So, uh, in terms of receiving. So, look, this is a good team. They spread it out. They have a lot of weapons, and they attack you everywhere. So really, in terms of stopping them, I don't think you focus on the run game, the pass game, anything. You have to play solid all around No defense. big plays, right? you right. got you got to limit the big plays. You, you ultimately have to make some big plays defensively as well, some turnovers, uh, possibly even a touchdown defensively if you want to stay in this game. But, you know, a lot of this, you know, this time of year, you get to November. This is our first November show. Sure. This, is, this is where, you know, really motivation really starts to play a factor. We, we, we've talked about that the last couple weeks going back to Oregon State. They wanted to get bowl eligible. They had the motivation there. Well, Oregon is the only hope in my mind, the only hope for the Pac-12 to make the playoff. That's a lot of motivation to not only win, but win with style points. Right, and, right. and that's what scares me the most about this game is they have something to play for right now. And I think they're going to give it their all. They're not going to let up or not look past this game. Well, when you talk about not letting up, this defense has been good. I mean, when they've needed to show up, they have. Oregon has a pretty tough schedule overall. When you look at their opponents, obviously Georgia, a loss early in the season, but they played UCLA, BYU, a good Washington State team. You know, they beat Stanford 45-27. In all of those games, they've scored at least 40 points. I mean... It's crazy. They they scored three against Georgia. Since then, 70, 41, 44, 45, 49, 45, 42. 
So they're scoring points. I think their Def- offense is okay. Defensively, they are giving up points. They are a little bit porous, and that may get them at the end, maybe in the playoff or bowl game, whatever it is. But right now against Colorado, probably not going to be too much of a factor. Def- offensively against their defense, I think it comes down to running Running, running. I don't care if it's not working. I don't care if you're getting three yards a carry. I don't care if you're getting one yard a carry. Run the football. Don't put JT in a, in a situation where he's having to throw. I want to just run this clock, take as many possessions away from Oregon as I can, and hopefully the Buffs can pull off a miracle. That's where they are. And you bring up a good point there. It's not running the ball isn't just about the production you're getting. It's keeping the other explosive offense off the field. Right. If you can minimize the amount of touches that this Oregon offense gets, that's really your only hope, right? You steal a couple possessions defensively, maybe a couple turnovers, maybe you get a touchdown defensively. Hey, the Buffs got a big special teams touchdown with the punt return for a touchdown last week. You need plays like that. And then offensively, you have to keep your defense off the field. You got to control the clock and you have to finish drives. If you get down in the red zone, you have to get a touchdown. If you're coming away with field goals, there is no hope. That, that, that's a good point. When you get down there, you got to score touchdowns. Uh, it's weird. You know, not a lot to really. It's funny. We don't have a lot to get excited about right now. We're not picking the bus to win, I'm sure. You know, we're not even going to do scores this week. Let's not do that. But if the Buffs pull off an upset, do you feel like we would have missed out on getting more excited on the preview, on everything? Or do you feel like that's that's an anomaly, that that's random? Yeah, I, mean, I feel like hindsight's always twenty twenty. If that happens, it's easy to look back and say it. That's but, the only reason but, why I'm not like, let's let's make this show half hour longer. Let's talk so about Buffs. Here, let's talk here's about the program. Thing, right? It's like, what are we going to talk about? Is... If that happens this week, we're not going to look back and go, well, we should have broken this down. Right, we're just right. going to be so excited because it will absolutely be out of left field. I guess what I just we've feel seen bad because it's like, what, what, you know, we're getting on here and, and it's it's not a great time to get or It's not an exciting time. You know, you want to see a good showing this weekend, but I guess that's about it. I mean, I don't want to do final scores, but I guess we could both agree. Let's just hope they get out on a positive note this weekend. Yeah, and, and something we've talked about a lot in the past on this show. The last couple years have been rough. We're honest on this show. We're not going to sit here and blow smoke to you guys. There's not a lot of energy and excitement going to this game. I hope this team brings more energy than what we as fans are feeling. I think most of you guys out there listening are feeling what we are right now. If we win, I'm streaking. I'm streaking. Go for it. I'm going to risk getting handcuffed. Oh, well, you're not risking it, bro. That's happening. That $1,500 bail, something like that? I can do that. I'm not for posting it. No, we'll do a good Who's media? Who's media will come through for you? <laughs> they Let's got your go, back. Buffs. <laughs> Show up against Oregon. Pull off a miracle. We'll see you right here next week on the Buffs Nation podcast.